0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home
0: and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings
1: vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: You you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been
1: trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. prank caller. prank caller. Welcome to another episode of Packernet After Dark. I don't know. I wanted to do something different, you know, with the whole intro thing instead of the ladies and gentlemen thing. We'll keep trying. We'll we'll keep trying different things that are not that ever again. But I uh, I appreciate uh, you guys continuing to call. They have been dwindling a bit so um so far we're doing an episode every other day but a couple things first of all 608 is the phone number my wife said i said it too fast so she couldn't uh, write it down 608 is the phone number to call call in leave a message you're going to hear a lady on the phone saying that this is uh the google subscriber or whatever is not available Just uh, hang in there, because in a second she's going to say, leave a message. And that's where you're going to leave a message, and uh, you'll be able to get on the show and whatnot. We've also added a little something-something if we need to go there. And we may go there today, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to go. Uh, We don't have a lot of calls to get to, though, so we might have to go there. Here's what we're doing. In addition to uh, playing your calls and uh, getting to whatever it is you feel we need to talk about, I've got a couple phone numbers that I can call. If you'd like to uh, maybe do it that way, give me your phone number so that you can be added to the list of people to call. We can do that. As of right now, we're just doing patrons, but I only have four numbers, so we may have to expand that outward a bit. But um, yeah, in addition to having you call me, I may call and pester you about something. We'll see. But without further ado, why don't we get to our first caller? Going to have to use the bleep button pretty early in the show here today.
0: Hi, Ryan. This is the a fat. Quentin Bohanna here, big fan of the show. Uh, Calling in just to get your opinion on Christian Watson. Uh, Specifically, do you think uh, there's any reason he can't replicate or successfully fill the role uh, vacated by MDS I mean, he's a big, fast, deep threat, blocked a lot in the run game at NDSU. His hands and route tree are really the only negatives that came out during the draft process, and that's not all that different than MDS and. His play style of just being a big old ostrich running down the field as fast as he can. Um, yeah, so do you think Christian Watson can replicate the utility, the production uh, that MVS brought to the team, uh, even though it's his rookie year?
1: Thanks. So, my thought on um, Christian Watson being MVS, I think what I've said in the past, and it's not actually 100% accurate, is that I believe Christian Watson's floor is MVS. That's not entirely true. I think what I mean is his floor ceiling. Or his, his worst-case scenario ceiling is MVS, which kind of doesn't make sense, but if it does if you think about it. Because ultimately, his floor is he just sucks at football and doesn't even get on the field and can't do anything. I mean, he's, I he's, uh, hate, hate to be incredibly rude to the man, but he's, he's Trevor Davis. You know, I mean, he, his only asset is running fast on the field, and even that doesn't really serve any purpose, aside from a couple pass interference calls, which are nice. By worst case scenario, ceiling, I guess what I mean is maybe there's nothing more to him than being an MVS. And if he hits that, then we get another MVS for, for cheap. And I'll also say that I think it's unlikely he doesn't hit that ceiling because I think it's kind of a, a low bar for a ceiling. Because like you said, what all does he have to do to be MVS? Not all that much. And when you factor in, and I've been kind of banging this drum quite a bit, when you factor in the intelligence, and, and presumably he's extremely intelligent, the only thing he would be lacking is understanding of of how to work within the offense, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. Uh, you mentioned limited route tree. First of all, again, there's the learning aspect. Is he going to be able to learn more than that? I think the answer to that question is yes. But beyond that, I don't think he needs to learn much more than that. If we're saying he's just MVS, and I'm not saying MVS just ran go routes all day long, but... You know, outside of go routes, post routes, things of that nature, I, you know, yeah, it'd be cool if we just hit him on a slant once in a while or whatever, but th- th- there's not a huge amount of complexity that I'm thinking, in order for him to be a really good MVS, he has to do this, and I don't think he can do it. There's, there's nothing I'm looking at where I'm thinking, why wouldn't he be able to do that? You know, once every three weeks, he gets behind a guy and catches a 40-yard pass. I don't think he can hit that. Is that really what, what we're talking about? I mean, come on. Anybody that runs, you know, low four fours, high four threes, mid four threes, or lower—I guess—they're going to be able to once every three or four weeks get behind a guy and catch a forty-yard pass. Now, the hands are a bit of an issue. I—I I, I do think—I don't think MVS necessarily had bad hands. I, th- I think that's statistically not necessarily correct. So that—that that would be an area where it could be a lot worse. You know, if—if—if if, if he very rarely gets behind guys or, or gets open, and Rodgers is able to throw it to him and he drops it, that's going to cause problems primarily because it's rare as it is, and then he misses that one opportunity. But secondarily, Rodgers just isn't going to throw to you anymore. He's not going to want to play with you anymore. But, you know, as much as Rodgers and Lafleur really want the deep ball, if he's open, I think it's, he's going to uncork it, he's going to throw it. And, you know, we might just have to live with a couple more drops than, than normal. Now, the, the final part of your question is, do, you, do I think he can do that in his rookie year? And again, the, the positive here is I think it's kind of a low bar mvs caught 26 passes for 430 yards and three touchdowns now he missed a good amount of time but can he replicate that i mean l- let's just say instead of injury it's you know maybe not getting on the field or, or as many opportunities early on but it's not a it's not a high bar at all he didn't crack 50 yards until week three he caught 15 uh, you know 59 yards and a touchdown and that was including a 47 yard reception so that was again that's Once every three weeks, he gets his 40-yard pass. There you go. And then next week, what did he do? 19 yards. The week after that, 41 yards on one reception for 41 yards. Then he had his one big game of the season, eight targets, four receptions, 123 yards. Uh, Of that, one came in on a 75-yard reception. After that, four receptions and 50 yards. 10 yards was his longest. Chicago, he caught three passes for 20 yards. Baltimore, he caught five passes for 98 yards. 30 was his long. And then week 17 and 18, he caught one pass for three yards, all the the entire time. So he played 11 weeks, and he had three, maybe four big receptions, including the 31 yarder. I guess. So yeah, once every three or so weeks, he gets you know his one big pass, and occasionally he strings a few of those together, like against Minnesota, four receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. It's, it's not that hard necessarily to replicate. If you look at his full season and say, well, can he replicate this? Let's say he plays all year. Is it possibly gets you know, his 41 receptions for 838 yards and seven touchdowns? Now, it's a little bit harder to do, especially when you look at you know how he started off kind of hot. 96 yards, 64 yards, 5 yards, 45, 32, 0, 19, 53, 149. You know, again, it's so sporadic. But that's if that's all we're asking him to do. Can you once in a while get behind somebody and get that one big reception? You know, week one he had a 45-yard reception. Week two, 41 yards. And then he didn't have another one until week nine, 52 yards, 78 yards, 47 yards, three weeks in a row. And then zero, zero, 21, zero, zero, 72. So you know he disappears for five weeks. And uh, then all of a sudden, he, against Chicago, gets a 72-yard reception. Only caught two passes, but one of them was 72 yards and a touchdown. Then the next week, four receptions, 33 yards, one of them being 12 yards. And then the final game against Tampa, he catches a 50-yarder. So he'll disappear and then show up, and boom, he's a hero, and then disappear. He never really catches a ton of passes. In in, uh, 2020, he had one game with more than five receptions. That was against Detroit, last year he had zero with more than 5 receptions he had you know that game against baltimore was 5 but so in 2 years he had one game with more than 5 receptions so you know i i don't want to be overly optimistic and be like yeah he can totally do it but at the same time again do what i'm not, i'm not saying justin jefferson year 1 i'm not talking about um you know the the, the bengal's guy year 1 or offensive rookie of the year we're talking about 400, 500, 600, maybe 700, 800 yards being possible. Yeah, it's possible. And that and that doesn't even include the option that maybe he's going to be more than MVS. As in, we're going to see him do stuff behind the line of scrimmage, uh, more wide receiver screens, jet sweeps, end arounds, more shorter routes. You know, you add in a, a handful of 5, 10, 12-yard reception, more so than MVS got, uh, especially with some run-after-the-catch ability. You know, if he catches a five-yard pass and goes 30 yards, that still counts. So in term, the, the biggest question really for me is usage, you know, because we got a lot of guys. How, how long is it going to be before he gets on the field? And when he's on the field, how much is he on the field? Lazard, Randall Cobb, uh, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Amari Rogers, the running backs, the tight ends. There's a lot of guys that are fighting for, for opportunities. And so that's going to be the biggest hindrance. But in terms of does he have the ability to pull this off? I mean, if we got rid of a handful of receivers and said this Christian Watson is going to be like, you know, the number one or whatever, or even in the same situation, he is that lock number three. You got Devante, you got Lazard, you got MVS. Do I think he can replicate it? Of course. Will he? I'm leaning toward probably not, but it's not a talent thing. It's just a there's way too many miles to feed kind of thing. I don't think he gets 800 yards. Does he crack four hundred and thirty and three touchdowns? I'll say yes, he does. But uh, thank you for the serious question. I'm going to skip around here a little bit so we don't get stuck with uh, unserious questions to end the show, <laughs> because we have a call from uh, supposedly Clayton's uncle. So let's see how uh, let's see how this goes. Probably disaster.
0: Oh yeah, this is Clayton's uncle Bill. I <laughs> uh, just want to say how proud I am of the boy. He's the first one in the family learn how to tie his shoes. Uh, But, Ryan, you know, you had caller called in the other day said Clayton watches documentaries all day. He better not be watching documentaries. We don't watch TV around here because it makes you dumb. We call it the devil box. If you need any kind of entertainment outside of watching my boy Jarvis churn butter, the only thing you need is Jesus. But uh, I do have a special teams question. Last year we took, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Kind of like you go down to the pond to kill a frog. Your gun goes off, shoots your dog. That's what's wrong with our special teams. Anyway, let me know. Bye. Honey, honey, get the roosters drinking the baby's
1: Mountain Dew again, honey. Oh, man, I I, I need to move down south, man. Just to hear those southern sayings, you know? One step forward, two steps back. Kind of like you go down to the pond, kill a frog, your gun goes off, and you shoot your dog. I need that in my life. (laughs) The roosters drinking the baby's Mountain Dew again. Oh, man. I don't even remember the question. I guess that was the question. Special teams took one step forward, two steps back. That's what's wrong with our special teams. Let me know. (laughs) Okay, I'll let you know. Uh, I I think the problem with your analogy would be that we didn't actually kill the frog. We tried to kill the frog and just shot our dog. We didn't take a step forward. We just shot our dog. In fact, I don't even think there's a frog there. We stumbled out to the pond, shot our dog in the face, fell face first in the pond, and uh, drowned that's what our that's that's what happened. Police showed up to the crime scene and said I don't even have a clue what happened here. You can't even explain it. No, I mean we we again, I know I know it's somewhat of an unserious question but the the players on special teams said that they didn't like all the blame falling on the coach. That it was unfair that ultimately it comes down to execution, but I can't look at that and say that it was really anything other than unbelievably terrible coaching by the special teams coordinator there's an element of i mean we can sit here and say yeah well we just don't prioritize it enough we don't put enough starters out there which we do we we had starters play it's very hard to find just about any starter that didn't play a single snap on special teams maybe it isn't enough fine whatever a lot of other teams didn't do that but the point is there there's an element of trying to make excuses and then there's where the packers were wouldn't be a packers podcast if i didn't mention justin fields and the bears so let me use that as an example the gap between where fields and that offense was and trying to use the excuse of you know the coach wasn't calling good enough plays it just you they don't touch you know what i mean you got one way over here and one way and you can get a little bit closer to your understanding but they are not they don't meet in the middle it doesn't get you all the way there to to believe that it's just that one thing doesn't get you there. So trying to say, well, you know, if if A.J. Dillon had played a handful more snaps or if Adrian Amos had been a little bit more on special teams, then we, come on, that's that doesn't do it. That just does not do it. It was such a disorganized group. It was a undisciplined group. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what was expected of them. They didn't, you know, I mean, we, we're burning timeouts for special teams. You know, it's just, it's stuff that is so just inexplicably horrible, and and even if, you, even if the players want to take the blame and say, it's on us, we didn't execute, right, that's still kind of a coaching thing, though. Because it's not just a lack of talent. You didn't know what you were doing. And if, even if you want to say you weren't motivated, that's still a coaching thing. Any way you come back to it, it's a coaching thing. So it's a good thing we went out and got the coach we did. I don't know how high or how good that gets us, because it works in the opposite direction, too. Coaching can only do so much. There's still an execution element, but we, we are fixing that as entirely and completely as we possibly can because there's nobody who knows more in terms of what is needed to make a special teams unit um, right and whole and at least get the best out of whatever we have. Even if we have a terrible group of special teamers, we're going to get the best out of that group. Anyways, we've only got two calls left, so I'm tempted to see if this little uh, phone call thing will work. And I got a phone number of somebody who's in Germany, and I'm pretty sure this isn't going to work, and I'm also 90% sure that that's not a real phone number. So I think we should give Ed a call in Germany. Do we have a topic? What are we talking about here? Should we go in blind? Anybody know any German? I don't know any German. Maybe I should pull up some German phrases. Guten Tag, Herr Edward. What does hair mean? Anyways, let's push the button and see how it goes. Yes, use your microphone. It's calling. We could not complete your oh. call. Please try again. All right. All right. No Germany. Can't call Germany. Sorry, Ed. Can't call you in Germany. I had no idea what to say to Ed anyways. Um, let's see who we should try. Brandon gave me his number two hours ago, so he's not doing anything. Bing, bing, bing. Calling. Hopefully this worked. Maybe I just can't call anybody. I don't know. Are you going to call or not going to give me a dial tone? oh So loud. Hang in there. This is weird. Your call has been <sighs> forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Worst show Two, ever. Five nine I'll, one. I gotta bleep seven, out the number. One, five is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hi, Brandon. This is Greg. Schmidsonston. we're calling about your car's warranty because you should buy insurance for me. So have a great day. Bye. I should have had a plan. I didn't have a plan. All right. I guess the call in thing isn't working too good. Um, we'll keep at it though. We'll keep at it. We'll 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 keep trying. If nothing else. We'll just start going through a phone book, man. We'll just we'll just start making calls. Somebody will pick up eventually, and we'll have a conversation about the Green Bay Packers. Why don't we take a break here? Because we only have two more. Um, calls and if it doesn't take long then we'll just keep calling people and see how that goes if nothing else i'll call my wife she'll answer I can talk to my kids for a minute but again that number is 608 501 put it in your phone save it give me a call let me know how you're doing what you're thinking how you feeling we'll take a break we'll be right back They're like, if casual and cool, had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. We get it. Distractions happen. That's why we designed the fully electric, full-sized Volvo EX90 with the latest technology to keep you and those around you safe. Its two sensor driver understanding system is designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Reserve your Volvo EX90 today. Learn more at volvocars.com/us. Looking to refresh your closet, home, or beauty routine this spring? Walmart's got all the stylish goods
0: in one stop. From chic new looks and the latest makeup to quality furniture and tableware. Go to walmart.com slash trending That's walmart.com slash trending for the hottest fashion, home, and beauty finds. Your style at Walmart. Hey, man, this is uh, John from North Carolina. Uh, love your show. My question for you is, what team do you think uh, is going to be the powerhouse team this year, the one that everybody thinks is going to win the Super Bowl in Week 1? Uh, what team do you see has the best chance of going 0-17? I think I know where you're going to go with that, but i love to hear you say it. And uh, finally, what team do you think everybody's going to pretty much count out but is going to somehow make a playoff push at the end? All right. Uh,
1: y'all take care. First of all, I, I'm learning that my audience is 95% uh, people from the South. So that's odd. Um, but, John, I appreciate that, and that is a fantastic question because that is going to take quite a while to, to kind of run through that. But uh, for starters, what team do you think is going to be the powerhouse team? And, and you added in the caveat that everyone's going to say that they're going to win the Super Bowl week one. So somebody that everybody kind of sees coming, that's going to be real good? I think the one that stands out for me is going to be Buffalo. Um, They were so unbelievably good last year. I have my questions and reservations about certain things, but the offense and Josh Allen were just on a completely other level. And, um, you know, that game against the Chiefs was really just something that was – it's really just kind of incredible where where those two are at. And I I see the Chiefs continuing to decline. They lost Tyreek Hill. I also just saw something recently where they have – by far the most difficult strength of schedule. It's sort of that slow downward slope. And then there's that one team that just like drops off a cliff. That was the Chiefs. So um I think the Buffalo Bills kind of stand alone in that category. And again, a team that everybody kind of sees coming. And then you add in Von Miller to the defense. And and they were a team that offensively and defensively, even if they, you know, kind of alternated at times the offense struggled, but the defense was out of control and then they kind of went back and forth. Occasionally they were both running at running hot at the same time. But you add Von Miller to that group, and um, you know Von is getting a little bit older, but he still plays at an incredibly high level. Assuming he doesn't fall off entirely, and they've got a good secondary, probably the best safety duo in football, Trinavius is pretty talented, maybe overrated, but still real good. Um, that's the team that I'm probably putting a big circle around um, as a massive powerhouse. Some other low-hanging fruit, you know, Tampa, Kansas City, um, you know, I talk trash about them, but they're, they're probably going to be up near the top, Cincinnati, L.A., I mean, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl would make sense to mention here. The second part of your question, what team will go 0-17? Very legitimately, and I, I accidentally posted, uh, turns out, tomorrow's podcast today. So if you listen to that one, in addition to whatever, I don't know. I'm so confused on what's going on. Even I'm. <sighs> anyways, don't worry about it. But I mentioned how on the sharp football analytics or whatever, They ranked all the position groups, and there were like three teams who were bottom of the barrel in just about every category, and the Chicago Bears are one of them. Um, I think if it's not the Bears, keep an eye on the Houston Texans. I don't think you can put the Lions in that category. Maybe. I mean, they won so few, and it's not 100% that they get better, but with the weapons they have, and and that's kind of a stretch, but a a mediocre quarterback, a couple rookies that might do stuff um potentially a breakout wide probably not going to be one of them you know and then the other team that really ranks bottom of the barrel in just about every category is the atlanta falcons um they have here 30th at quarterback 31st offensive line 30th running back 22nd receiver 32nd dead last front seven 28th secondary 27th head coach texans 28th quarterback 29th offensive line dead last running back dead last receivers 31st front seven, 31st secondary, and dead last head coach. I mean, they, they are worst or second worst in every category except two. And the best ranking is 28th at quarterback. And then for Chicago, 21st at quarterback, which is way overestimating that guy. Uh, dead last offensive line, 27th running back, second to last for receivers, 29th front seven, 30th secondary, and then second to last for head coach. No love for the new head coach, apparently. So those are the three teams that have the potential But yes, because this is a Green Bay Packers uh, podcast, we will be officially going with the Chicago Bears as the team to go 0-17. First ever, by the way. Congratulations to the Bears for that. And then what team is flying under the radar was part three of your question. Kind of hard to say. A lot of these are subjective terms, but just kind of poking around some of the power rankings that are out there. I I don't know what we would consider uh, teams that are counter. Are we talking bottom 16, bottom 10? I mean, you could maybe say Cleveland, depending on the quarterback situation, but I probably just shouldn't even touch that one, so we'll leave that alone. Uh, Tennessee, on this particular article, they have ranked 19th. I mean, it's not super likely. Miami, I've I've always been very out on Miami, but that might be a good one to pick sitting at 20th. Um, Tua has not shown very much, but one of the interesting things I saw when I was looking at SIS was how unbelievably good he is at throwing the deep ball, which sounds counterintuitive because everybody knows he's terrible at it, but we're talking about two different things. There's a question of how often he does it, and, and to that point is a question of arm strength, which could be a problem. But if you look at accuracy on deep passes, he's one of the more accurate deep ball passers. So having Tyreek Hill, and, and he's significantly more accurate than Pat Mahomes is, I'm not saying it's going to be a better matchup or, or a better duo, but um, if he's able to kind of unlock that, and maybe Tua not throwing deep is less a function of Tua and more a function of the offense, maybe they don't trust him, I don't know what the deal is. But if they start doing it, and it turns out he is a very, very accurate deep ball passer, and you have Tyree Kill on your team, as well as uh, everybody else that went over there. Um, Decent offensive line and a powerhouse defense. Um, They're ranked 20th. Could they be a top 10 team? I think so. It's really just a matter of can the defense maintain that level, and can the offense thrive with one of the better wide receivers in football, which I think is a possibility. Yes. Um, Minnesota Vikings, eh, I don't really see much of a path. I mean, I guess they did go out and get some secondary pieces which could help their defense. Daniel and Zadarius Zed- maybe could go off, and then you got your wide receivers, your competent quarterback. It could happen. Steelers, I'm just saying no way. I don't like the Steelers. I'm tired of them. Commanders, are it's the same team every year, man. Good offensive line, good defensive line, but the team is just blech. Jaguars, possibly. I mean, its it's a stretch, but They've got some wide receivers, right? They got Christian Kirk, and they got a couple other guys. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we've all given up on him for some random reason, but he was one of the more prominent quarterback prospects ever. Decent enough offensive line. Travis Etienne at running uh, running back. Um, you got Allen. You drafted Trayvon Walker, so you maybe have some pass rushers there. Secondary is very questionable, but you know we'll see. Carolina, I don't really see happening, even with Baker going over there. I don't like their offensive line. Christian McCaffrey's obviously solid enough, but the wide receivers, the corners, the pass rushers, there's not much there to work with. Chicago's a complete joke. Giants, Jets, Seahawks, Lions, Falcons, Texans. I think think if you're forcing me to pick a team, I'm saying Miami, and I hate doing that because I feel like I'm late to a train that everybody else was jumping on, but it sounds like everybody's off the train, so I'm just going to go ahead and hijack that bad boy. Everybody's talking about Miami, 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 and I'm like, I don't get it, man. They kind of suck. They haven't done anything, but now I'm looking at it. This offensive line, they got some pieces. Even Tua, he had a basically a 70 overall grade. It's not the worst thing in the world. And again, you had Tyreek Hill. You got Jalen Waddell. Add Cedric Wilson in the slot. He had a 71 overall grade last year. Kosicki's a good tight end. Xavier um, Howard at corner. The defensive line is scary. You got a you know 77, 83, and 80 overall grade with Wilkins, Ogba, and Ingram. Uh, Javon Holland, as a rookie, was a freak at safety. It all hinges on Tua, and I don't see any reason why, you know, I, again, everybody's given up on him, but I'm willing to give him another shot with the pieces he's got, with the defense there. He doesn't have to be great. He just needs to be decent. So, man, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle Miami. Appreciate the call, brother man. Anyways, let's keep it rocking with the next caller. Caller, you're on the line.
0: Hey there, pac Daddy. Hey. This is Jacob. I have got two very important questions for you. Um, I know that you're a big office fan. So first question is, what is your favorite Michael Scott quote of all time? I think mine has to be, if I was, a, if I had a gun with two bullets and I was in a room with Hitler, bin Laden, and Toby, I'd shoot Toby Point. <laughs> that being said, if that gun was pressed against your head and you had to pick between Watson and Watkins, who is going to finish the year with more receptions? All
1: right, thanks. Well, that got dark at the end there, and the fact that it sounded like you were um, calling from a cellar somewhere, it just it got all kinds of creepy vibes from that call, Jacob. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do for me, but I really got the impression that there is a somebody tied up in a basement somewhere, and you stopped whatever it is you were doing to make this phone call, and I hope that they're doing okay. Hope you're doing okay, bud. I won't save that number because I'm sure it's a burner phone, but uh, favorite Michael Scott quote, and I'm going to cheat and Google this just because I don't want to mess it up. Not that I can't think of any, but I know there's some that absolutely kill me and I don't want to give an answer. And then, um, later on, think you're an idiot. That was not even close to my favorite quote. Actually, I know there's one that I heard very recently that I can't even play for you. It was an outtake. Um, it was on, it's not even an outtake. It was, um, if you watch The Office, they have these Superfan things. There's four seasons of Superfan episodes on what is that? Peacock, I think. And so I was watching it over there, and there's a couple scenes in there that just absolutely killed me. And I'm like, how is this not in? I mean, I guess I see how because it it got a little got a little crazy there, but they were down in the <laughs> whatever. I'm not even gonna describe it, but it it I lost it. Sounds lame, but I know I am Beyonce. Always that one always cracks me up. It's one of those things where the line is so overused, it gets kind of old, but that that he's such a good actor. He really is. That's one of the things at this point when I watch The Office is I just marvel at how good he is. His facial expressions, the way he does stuff, it's really, that was one of those instances. I mean, he was so angry about something that's irrelevant to the entire point. Just, it just kills me. It's not even the line. It's just, it's that fact. Um, if you don't like it, Stanley, you can go to the back of the bus or the front of the bus or drive the bus. <laughs> Oh, that one's good. (laughs) A line from Gabe. He says, Michael, you just physically assaulted an employee. Can we talk in private? He says, yes, of course. What's this in reference to? (laughs) The, uh, I hate so much the things you choose to be. Again, it's not the line, it's the acting. And he says, that kid was the worst. He needs to be fired, Michael. Michael says, he's not the worst, okay? He's not the worst. You know who's the worst? That intern we had a few years ago? That guy, remember that face, how ugly he was? He was the worst. Good worker, though. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I have one. It's, those are funny. I feel like there's something missing. Probably has something to do with uh, Toby. Anytime he's mean to Toby, it's, uh, it's a good day. And then if you have the ability, go check out the superfan episodes. And then there's uh, the episode where they do women in the workplace. I don't know the name of the episode, but then the guys go down in, into the office. You'll, you'll know what scene it is when it comes up. You'll know what I'm talking about. I about died. Anyways, on to uh, the more important question. Uh, for some reason, that gun got put on my head. Hopefully no bullets left. Theoretically, I think that's how that works. But I have to choose between Watson and Watkins and figure out who is going to finish the year with more receptions and touchdowns. All right, thanks, he says. That is really hard. It really is. I mean, those two guys feel like... For, I don't know why it feels like those two are in direct competition. Like Lazard's doing his own thing. Uh, Dobbs is doing his own thing. Everybody's got their own like thing they're fighting for, but those two guys feel like they are in direct competition and it's only you know it's it's Highlander man only one can be only one and you got to be careful because i'm a little concerned about Sammy Watkins and his theories about Highlander maybe he takes it a little too seriously i don't know but the point is assuming they both survive and make the roster which one's going to get more yards which one's going to get more touchdowns i'm i i go back and forth on one hand the obvious answer is Sammy Watkins the guy you know i know he's got injury issues but he he plays and he makes plays Everywhere he goes, he's going to contribute. He's going to do something. He's going to make big plays. I don't know anything about Christian Watson. I don't know if he's even going to be touched the field. So it feels like the safe bet is Sammy Watkins. On the exact opposite side, Christian Watson is exactly what the Packers want. They traded up for the guy. They, they, they handpicked a, a perfect Packers. If, if they could have built someone with their bare hands, as only God can, he would look exactly like Christian Watson. He's got the intelligence to be able to go out right away, and they need him to perform right away, and he can do everything from the deep ball to, you know, stuff behind the line of scrimmage, yards after the catch. He's able to do all those things, whereas Sammy Watkins, if he even has a role, prominent or otherwise, on this offense, you know, you got injury concerns, and, and you also feel like there's an upper limit that Christian Watson doesn't really have. Sammy Watkins maybe, maybe if he has a good year, gets, what, five 600 yards? Whereas Christian Watson, considering how many rookies, there's always a guy, two, three, four, five rookies every year that are coming out and just killing it as wide receivers lately. Who's to say Christian Watson isn't another one getting 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns? Who's to say? I mean, that's the other thing. Who has that ceiling? You can say Sammy Watkins technically does. If he's healthy, he becomes the number one with Aaron Rodgers, it's all possible. But given his history, is that a realistic expectation? Not really. But you're talking about incredibly talented, unique, Receiver that we don't know anything about. Is it possible that his ceiling is way up there? So he has a higher ceiling and a lower floor than Sammy Watkins does. That's what makes it hard. Are you going to bet on his ceiling or are you going to be pessimistic about his floor? And so I suppose I'll 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 roll the dice on Christian Watson because why not? I mean, why why be pessimistic and say no? I think the best case scenario is we get uh you know that that we'll squeeze five hundred yards and three to four touchdowns out of Sammy Watkins. Forget that. 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson. I can't do it, man. I can't, can't keep them straight. One of them needs to be cut forever, off the team, goodbye. I can't do both. Anyways, uh, we've got one final call in. Thank you very much for uh, – for, we needed one more call. So thank you to Matt for calling in just in the last couple of minutes here.
0: Hey, Ryan, Matt Pickett here. A couple content recommendations for you. I'm not sure which streaming services you have access to, so I'll break it down by streaming service. If you have HBO, uh, that one, The uh, Watchmen, which is sort of picks up uh, years after the original comic, is a really good one. You got Carnival, which is a bit older. It's uh, about kind of a supernatural carnival traveling from city to city, uh, 1930s or 40s, very stylized, very interesting. Kind of a bad ending, unfortunately. You got um, The Wire, which is a drama about uh, the drug trade from different angles
1: uh, in Baltimore. So that's... I'm going to pause it here. I don't have HBO. So sorry about that. I'm going to let it, I'm going to just let it ride for those of you that need this because I've been looking for recommendations for television shows. Fortunately, Jacob, who just called in before, left me a recommendation and I'm checking that out. I'm not 100% sold on it yet, but I'm about two episodes in. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't get this and I don't know if I like it. I mean, you're not supposed to get it. That's kind of the point. Like, there's one of two things that's going on and you're trying to figure out which one it is or whatever. But, I, I but it but it hooks you, you know? It's like, I can't stop watching it. There's also a recommendation by my wife, and I am an idiot for not going with her recommendation. I'm doing Jacob's recommendation. She's going to listen to this and get very mad at me. Um, so I'm going to have to go upstairs and double down and go watch hers and tell her that hers is way better. Anyways, I don't have HBO. Let's see what else we got here.
0: Amazing show. One of the best shows ever made. You got
1: a... Best shows ever made? Wait, what? Oh, now I got to get it. Anyways. Uh,
0: Deadwood, which is about... Uh, the Frontier, just before the government came along and uh, started to actually make things States, Wild West, really, really good show on uh, Hulu. You can find uh, What We Do in the Shadows. which I do have Hulu. Is a comedy show about three vampires living together.
1: Comedy vampires, dude. I just, I'm sorry. I don't think I, 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 I've got your recommendation. I'll try it. This is the second time somebody's called in with a comedy vampire slash kind of not comedy type of thing. I just, I don't, I guess vampires are, are making a comeback. All right, sorry, continue.
0: Uh, very, very funny show. Uh, a lot of takeaway TD in there. So you into his stuff. Uh, you'll probably find it funny. Um, also on Hulu Atlanta, which is a Donald Glover's show. Uh, very, very funny. And then over on uh, Prime.
1: I just found out I have Prime. When Jacob recommended this, he said, if, if you have Prime, there's a show. I'm like, well, I don't have it. So that thanks a lot for, for nothing. Um, and then my kids wanted to watch Peppa Pig but they didn't want to watch it on YouTube because there's all the commercials and I'm like you guys are ridiculous with your demands but fine. So we checked Netflix and don't have it and so I just did a general search and it was like oh it's on Prime. I'm like well I don't think we have that. Long story slightly shorter, we do have it. So then I went and found Jacob's show and now we're doing this whole thing. So I have it, let's see what we got.
0: If you have access to that, The Americans is the best show on there.
1: All right, that's not the show. I'll have to check that out.
0: What a sleeper cell. I don't know. Man and Woman, uh, Russian Spies in America in the 80s. I think it's also one of the best shows that I've ever watched. So check those out. Um, If you don't have access to those, I'm sure you'll tell us on the show. And I can send some other ones to you uh, if those don't sound appealing.
1: I do want more recommendations. I need more recommendations. I don't have HBO, at least I don't think I do. Come to find out, I I had Prime, which I didn't realize. Um, So I will check out the Americans or whatever. Atlanta, I guess I'll give it a shot. I don't know. I'm just not feeling comedy. I probably should. I probably need some comedy in my life. I just, for some reason, it's like, it's not going to be funny. I'm picturing, I don't know why all these recommendations I'm picturing like, what is that stupid show that I cannot believe is still on the air? The one with the nerds and stuff. I don't know. I keep seeing commercials for it. I'm like, who watches this? Who in the world watches? This? It's been on for like 10 years. It's the worst garbage I've ever seen in my life. People, and enough people watch this that they're like, yeah, we need another season. We're just killing it with money right now. Stupid. But I'm sure I'm sure it's not that. So um, the show that I am watching, thanks to Jacob, on Prime. Wait, what about an active shooter? Craig Robinson from The Office was evacuated from a comedy club due to an active shooter. Good lord. This is the problem. All I'm trying to do is Google stuff, and the stupid thing pops up with here's some news that you probably need to be traumatized by as you I don't want to see any of this garbage, dude. I'm just trying to Google Amazon Prime TV shows, and you're talking about active shooting. I'm trying to get away from this stuff. Don't want to see it anymore. No more. Don't want to see it. I'm actively hiding from the world as we speak. Anyways, it is called the terminal list. It's probably another one that's like, yeah, everybody knows about that. Everybody's seen it. You're an idiot. We don't need you to explain it to me. Fine, fine. Forget you then. But uh, Chris Pratt is in it and uh, Seal Team, I think, Seven. Bunch of crazy stuff goes on. And it's, it's, I don't want to give too much away, but it's kind of just a matter of, is the guy going crazy or is some crazy stuff going down? And a lot of these shows, I guess kind of the cool thing about it, although I, I really struggle with not understanding things, some TV shows are set up that way where it's like, yeah, we don't want to tell you. And it's like, you don't understand. My brain can't handle this. Like, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't even pay attention because I'm like, wait, what? It, it, go back to that last thing. What are we doing here? Stop and explain it to me. So it, I struggle, but it is kind of cool because a lot of times with these shows, what happens is, you know, somebody dies and it's like we got set up and everyone's like, nobody believes you. And it's this big conspiracy and nobody believes you and your whole thing is you got to prove it. The point with this show is you don't know. You don't actually know what's going on. And I don't think they're going to tell you until the end. And so you kind of just spend the whole time trying to guess what's going on. Is he crazy? Is he right? Is it a conspiracy? Is it this? Is it that? I don't know what's going For all I know, by episode three, it's all going to come true. Or they're all going to tell us what's going on. I don't know, but it's interesting enough. So, check it out, I guess. Or don't. I don't care. Any other callers? I don't think so. I think that's it. Appreciate the call-in. I will try to call some people. See if we can make that a thing. Some of you that called in, I do have your phone numbers. You didn't give me permission to call you, but I may do it anyways just because I feel like doing things. What are you going to do about it? You can call the police? Mm, harassment? Mm, baby? big baby. (laughs) I gotta go. You guys have a good night. I will hopefully talk to you tomorrow for another Packernet After Dark because there is no, that's the thing, there's no podcast tomorrow because I messed up and posted tomorrows today, so I'm not doing one tomorrow. You're not getting, you're not getting, we're not doubling up. Tomorrow I don't, I don't do it. So if you want a Packernet podcast tomorrow, you better call in. Have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.